covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. We are back again. We actually have baseball to talk about. The Brewers played Cactus League games this past week. The Cactus League schedule is officially underway. And before we know it, it's going to be the start of the regular season as that is scheduled for uh, Thursday, April 7th in Chicago. The home opener will be a week later on Thursday, uh, April 14th. So we are getting closer and closer and closer just a couple, two, three weeks out from the start of the regular season. Before we go any further, let's get to our normal housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast. If you want to get in contact with me, at Matt Pauley on air on Twitter, that is the best way to do it. And if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast and want to leave a ranking and review and also subscribe to the podcast, that would be fantastic. Tim Muma is going to uh, join us coming up in uh, just a few moments here uh, on the podcast. Tim is part of the uh, brand new team that is uh, being put together. It's uh, very cool at uh, at Brewer Fanatic. So uh, basically, what was BrewerFan.net is turning into uh, Brewer Fanatic, and that is uh, there's a lot of great people that are part of that. And that's uh, somewhere Tim is now. So we will talk with Tim coming up in just a few moments. A couple of things to get to before we get to our conversation. Talk last week uh, on the podcast. We just got the podcast in after the announcement of uh, Andrew McCutcheon being signed. So uh, McCutcheon comes in, and it looks like more than anything else, he's going to be a DH. Uh, with the way Craig Council likes to manage, I don't think there's going to be a quote-unquote primary DH. There's going to be a lot of guys who get at-bats as the DH. There's going to be an opportunity to give guys the day off from the field by putting them at the DH. But if there is kind of that base lineup that the Brewers might have. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon would be your DH and it's going to be really fun to see what he does. The numbers that he has put up uh, in Milwaukee have been very notable. Can he continue that kind of pace as a member of the Brewers playing half of his games in that ballpark? Great question. It brings great veteran leadership into that clubhouse, uh, a guy that really feels like he fits into the organization. And it's a one-year deal. And the old adage is there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Uh, there's not any extended money beyond this year being invested in him. So it seems like a move that certainly there's more upside than downside. He's not the same Andrew McCutcheon as who we saw in, you know, in his prime when he was playing for the Pirates, but he's still pretty good player still's got some pop off the bat and it's going to be fun to see uh, what happens there i have expressed and i'll express this with tim muma coming up in just a few moments as we have already uh, recorded that interview uh, i am somewhat concerned about what the corner infield spots are going to look like this year for the brewers and who's going to be there and who's going to be getting the at bats and the news that a comes out this past week, or it's not news, it's something that happens. Uh, Luis Urias is a little bit banged up, and it looks like there is a good chance that he's not going to be available for opening day. Uh, He will probably be healthy by the time opening day comes around, but he probably won't have the number of at-bats that you really need in spring to be good to go. Uh, It is a left quad issue. It's about a uh, two-week period of time that he's going to be out. And not to not to throw any red flags out there, or, you know, start going negative before the season's even get started. But you do get worried sometimes on things like this. Occasionally you'll have players who just kind of have 
you know, step back years and you say, you know, well, they, they just never got things going from the jump. You really hope that's not going to be the case with Luis Urias. And there's no reason to believe that it will be. Uh, but it's just he is such a as long as the roster remains constructed in the way that it is constructed right now, he is such a huge part of this team because of the expectation of what he uh, should be able to do uh, at third base, or at least what they'll be hoping that he can do at third base. So watching that and seeing how that all plays out is obviously a really big part of what's going to happen here for the rest of spring and see whether or not there's any chance that maybe he can get ahead of schedule and get enough at-bats in and be part of uh, opening day here in a little bit more than two weeks. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get to uh, this week's featured conversation. Tim Muma is set to join us here on Brewers extra podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Matt Pauly continuing with you here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Very happy to welcome back on the podcast a guy who actually has a new home. We're really excited for uh, for him as he is now part of the uh, team over at Brewer Fanatic. That's uh, what... Uh, we'll get into it in a little bit, but BrewerFan.net is transforming into something else, and a lot of folks are going to be headed to a Brewer Fanatic, and this guy is one of them, and we're super excited for him. He is uh, Tim Muma. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore M-U-M-A. Tim, thanks so much for the time. Always appreciate uh, chatting with you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Matt. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to Brewers. Yeah, so uh, this past week, it's been uh, certainly an interesting week. Spring training getting underway recently. Obviously, uh, when we were doing the podcast last week, we knew that there was going to be baseball, but this is the first week where we're actually talking about games that have been played and things that have happened. Uh, About in the last week, Andrew McCutcheon being signed, that was the big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just happened right before we posted our podcast last week, so we didn't get into it quite as much as we probably would have wanted to. I guess just before we go into anything else, just what are your general thoughts on McCutcheon joining the Brewers? Truthfully, when I first thought, I was a little meh about it and a little, I don't want to say confused, but... I had thought they'd go the route of maybe looking for a lefty bat to complement Hunter Renfro since he was kind of brought on board, not only to replace Garcia, but to hit against lefties. Uh, But the more I thought about it and the more, of course, realizing they're not going to go make a big splash or sign anybody, uh, you know, huge, but it makes sense. Uh, McCutcheon's been phenomenal against lefties when he's been healthy. He's had some injury the last few years. Obviously, he's getting up there in age. And when Stearns did mention that he's mostly going to be DHing, that also makes sense because defensively, you know, he's fallen off for the last few years. So in thinking about it more, looking at it a little bit more, seeing what he's done specifically against left-handers, which the Brewers really struggled against last year overall, it made sense. It's one of those, you know, it's a one-year deal, so it can't hurt you one way or the other. And if he's performing, he'll be out there. If not, you know, he'll be a bench player. And, and all accounts are he's just a great dude in the clubhouse, and that, that can't help, uh, hurt at all. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does uh, in Milwaukee as well. He has put up huge numbers at Miller Park slash American Family Field, and he talked about the fact that he always felt like coming in to uh, play the Brewers on any series, he always felt like he was going to be walking out of there having hit at least <laughs> one home run. Uh, you it doesn't always work out that just because a player had success in a ballpark as a road player means they're going to have the same success uh, when they're playing as a home, you know, on the home team. But that being said, it it can't hurt, and it certainly seems like a, another reason to be cautiously optimistic about him joining the team. 
Yeah, he, he did mention he just thinks it's a great place to hit, good batter's eye, that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, you never know. Is it Was it because of the pitching he was facing? Did he just have favorable matchups? Is he played there so often, obviously, even as a as an opponent. But, I mean, there might be something to it. I, I think other than Freddie Freeman, it seems like most people have always said Miller Park's a nice place to hit. And it's it's not quite the, the homer dome that many people used to think it, it was, but just offensively, I mean, when you're not facing guys like Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, it's, uh, it is a good place to hit. So if, if he can keep that up, that just adds to the bonus, so to speak, of, of what he can do, even if it's in a part-time role. Uh, as you know, over the course of 162, which thankfully they're playing that many, uh, you need guys from all over to contribute. So uh, I think it's a shrewd pickup, and, and hopefully he can continue that success he's had in Milwaukee this time as a group. I am of the belief that Christian Yelich is going to have a really good bounce-back season this year. That being said, I was of the exact same belief last year, and it didn't happen. So just because I believe it doesn't mean it for sure is going to happen. If we were to go down a path where Yelich does not have the bounce back, I feel like McCutcheon also provides a little bit of insurance for him as well, especially um, if you if you start playing the righty-lefty game a little bit with Yelich if he's just not putting together the kind of year that you want him to have. Yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't hurt to have that depth and have those options. Uh, everyone knows the, the struggles, at least relative, relatively speaking, when it comes to Yelich as far as what he's done. Um, you know, he, in, his, in the past, at least in his big years, obviously, he – was actually hitting lefties pretty well and uh you know of course the lefty lefty matchup becomes a problem for guys when they start to struggle and and the coaching can be that one to fill in like you said even if it's you know partway through the season it's just not working out for christian and he can't get it going uh, maybe that gives him a break a, a chance to ease his mind not feel all the pressure uh that comes with a big contract and being sort of the face of the franchise um like you said i, I mean i do think i think everyone thinks and hopes that he's gonna have a little bit of a bounce back at least uh, you know, there's some numbers that say, you know, he's still hitting the ball hard. He just maybe was not making as much contact and that the, the power just sort of went away. Maybe he's back to more of his Florida days, so to speak, uh, when it comes to hitting. Uh, but I think that's how Stearns and company have looked to build their teams. They're they're going to make a bunch of smaller moves to try to cover up for any weaknesses. They have a lot of versatile guys where they can mix and match, which we know Craig Council typically does really well. And sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it might not, and especially if you're talking in the playoff series where it's small sample and, and you just, those decisions might not work that, that series or, or that week or whatever it may be. So um, ideally, Christian's in there on a regular basis, including against lefties, but as always, it's, it's a help to have those guys that can fill in and, and pick up the slack when it's not working. So I was with you. I thought that if the team was going to sign another outfielder, what they would end up doing is signing a left-hander to be a guy who could essentially platoon with Hunter Renfro. That didn't happen. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of room on this roster left for another outfielder, even though McCutcheon is going to primarily be a DH. Are you comfortable right now with the way the outfield group is put together? I mean, I still would have liked maybe a, a bigger back. Uh, of course, again, I don't think they're necessarily going to do that or weren't going to do that even in the off season. But I think they're covered enough. Um, there's a part of me that feels like Tyrone Taylor, they want to give him maybe some more opportunities. I mean, you figure that Kane's going to miss some time, whether it's because of injury or just needing some rest. We know Yelich has the back stuff going on. McCutcheon, being older, isn't an everyday guy. So, I think there's enough coverage there for sure. Now, if you do have an injury where you need some additional guys, is uh, you have David Dahl in the minors, at least right now, 
Um, he's in spring training, whether or not they are able to hang on to him or if he looks for an opportunity elsewhere. It's a guy with some major league experience. Um, so they do have options. I personally think they still needed a bat, whether it came for the outfield or first or third base. Um, you know, that's to be to be argued, I guess, and just figure out what would have worked in a, for the best for the Brewers. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd be a little uneasy with the outfield only because you're not really sure of the production of, of a handful of those guys, whether it's because of age or, or recent production that they've had. But um, guys are going to get opportunities, including Taylor. I'm sure he'll be in there on a, on a fair number of occasions. And, again, they're hoping that the uh, sum of the parts equals success versus having that one big bat that's going to help the lineup. Yeah, and look, I'm – I'm still somebody that is concerned about the corner infield when it comes to uh, Rowdy Telez and whoever else you might use at first base. And uh, now the news on Luis Urias is he may miss the start of the season um, just because he's a little bit banged up. And uh, he's also somebody that had a really, really good year last year, but there's no guarantee he's going to be able to repeat it. It feels like to me that if there is a place that they're kind of gambling on going in, it's those corner infield spots. Yeah, I mean, especially with the news lately with Urias and uh, as far as that injury goes, there's a little uncertainty. And, you know, I think maybe they're banking a little bit on Keston Hero being able to bounce back. You know, he's, he's, we've heard about him going through some adjustments with his swing again and his, uh, what he's doing. Hopefully, you know, there's a good sign with today's game in spring training, but it is spring training, so who knows with that. Uh, I think they are a little bit gambling, like you said, on those spots. Even Rowdy Telez, I know people like him. Uh, I think he's solid at times. I just don't know that he's really that everyday first baseman. Some of the numbers, even defensively, you know, he looks pretty smooth over there for a big guy. Uh, some of the numbers aren't necessarily favorable, favorable to him as well. Uh, that, that honestly was one place I thought that they really could make even a smaller move like a Luke Voigt from the Yankees that would have made sense to have him come over and get a shot at first base. Uh, instead, he ended up with San Diego. You always like to be have that power, that trusted power in the corners, and uh, the Brewers definitely don't necessarily have that because even if Marius is healthy and and uh, you know maybe can put up numbers similar to last year, that's still a question mark. He he definitely broke out in a in a sizable way last season, but I think they have quite a few question marks still as far as do you trust that these guys are going to be able to put up the numbers they did last year, even if you're looking at other places across the diamond. So. I know the Brewers are willing to make deals midseason if, if they're in the hunt and you assume they're going to be with the pitching that they have and the division they're playing in. Um, you know, I think just as, as fans, you always want to see that one extra bat, one extra arm to sort of feel like they're going over the top with their team. One of your final pieces that you wrote prior to uh, your exit from uh, from Brew Crew Ball, you talked about uh, you looked at Adrian Hauser and where his value is on this team, if, if it is yeah. on this team, whether or not maybe they should move him. It feels like if they're in a spot where they really, really need something, uh, and not just him, but from a pitching perspective, they have mm-hmm. so much depth there. They've got a lot of flexibility. Oh, for sure. And even – right when the season ended last year, and I wasn't the only one, you felt like if they were going to make a move, they definitely can do it from their pitching staff, whether it be from the major league level or in the minors. And not only do they have the depth, I think they really trust what they're doing right now as far as their pitching lab and developing guys, even you know guys that they bring over and making adjustments to help them uh, either resurrect their career or just find a, another level. So there are definitely options there. Uh, Hauser is always an interesting one, or he has been for me. I think lots of people, you can see the ability he has, the stuff he has. Um, there's, there can be question marks with him as far as maybe the mental side and if he can stay consistent over the course of a season. And, and he's not that expensive, which 
goes both ways, right? The Brewers then would love to keep him because they, you know, their payroll is not going to be super high, but it also makes him more attractive to more teams because he's, uh, you know, he's at a cost-effective price. Um, but I think that is the, probably the key again as we get toward the trade deadline. I know it's funny talking about that the season has started, or if they have any trouble with their depths and injuries and they need a bat, they definitely have a lot of opportunity to either give up some higher quality guys or you know give another team two, three pitchers in exchange for one big bat. And um, I would anticipate it's going to happen at some point during the year. It'll just be a question of who is the guy or who are the guys that go and, and what value can they bring back uh, to help the lineup. Craig Council even said this week that Ethan Small is going to make some big league starts for the team this year. So if, yeah. if they're counting on that, that just continues to show how much depth they have from a starting pitching perspective. Oh, for sure. And, and they know, especially with the shortened spring training, they're going to have to use more guys, especially earlier in the year anyway. So they're going to have to trust a guy like Ethan Small and other players will get an opportunity to get an inning here or there, get a start here or there. They obviously don't want to push their big guys too much, especially early in the season after pitching you know, a career high in innings last year for guys like Burns and, and uh, Peralta especially. So, I mean, I know a lot of people, I mean, I'm excited to see Ethan Small. You know, we all love that we saw from Ashby, um, and those are just a couple of the names. And there are even guys that are, you know, lower to, to the mid-level minor leagues, uh, arms-wise, that, that look like they're going to be legit. You know, you don't know how they're going to develop over time, but um, I think Council and the Brewers are anticipating, you know, a ton of different pitchers coming in and out, not as frequently uh, as, as per the rules this year, but I think they will pick their spots as far as, spot starts, getting guys up uh, into the bullpen, and also resting some of their key players. You know, when last season ended, I kind of expected them to sign a veteran starter, kind of a, a Brett Anderson type. The more mm. I've thought about it, though, I, Brandon Woodruff isn't a young guy anymore. You know, I mean, it's, uh, these pitchers, especially, you know, Woodruff more than anybody else, but the, they've been around. They've. They, it's not like they need this veteran guy that's in that rotation anymore. That's true. Um, I think we, we do think of a guy like Woodruff and, and even Burns to a certain extent of, of being these prospects that just got brought up. And it's just the fact that I think uh, we're not used to seeing so much success from a number of different guys at once uh, that have been developed in the system, either in the minor leagues or even once they've been to the majors. Uh, so it feels probably a little bit like they're younger than they are. And you could argue it's a little bit overrated to have that veteran, so to speak, um, of course, it depends. I think you all just want the guy that has talent. If it's a veteran like Max Scherzer, sure, that's great. A veteran like Brett Anderson, I mean, yeah, he can maybe give you some innings until he gets hurt every other week. Um, but how much value that gives you nowadays in, in today's pitching environment, I'm not sure it's as much. Um, I, I think, and I think the other thing is with Burns and Woodruff and even Peralta now, uh, and some of your guys in the bullpen, you have experience in as much that they've been in big games, they pitched in playoffs. Uh, I, I don't know that they need just that guy to, to come in and, and be the uh, be the, that veteran voice. I think they have enough of that. They have a mix of young and, and veteran. And when it all comes down to it, you know, it, it's really just how they're performing, and that's, that's what's going to matter when push comes to shove. And the other thing is, if it gets to a point in the season where they feel like they want to bring in a veteran starter, they're you – know, the, the Gio Gonzalez's of the world, I mentioned that because he was somebody who was acquired in a trade. Those type of pitchers are always available, and you can always make a move for them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, they're always looking for uh, that one last job. I mean, who was it? Cole Hamels, I think, last year 
think it was last year, signed with the Dodgers, and I don't believe ever pitched because he got hurt after like an outing in in, uh, in the minors. So there's always a risk to that, but it's kind of like the veteran lefty reliever, right? There's always a guy you can find if if you really need to fill a hole. Uh, it doesn't always work out. In fact, it probably works out less often than it does. But um, you know, if you're a pitcher, you always have a chance to to find a job, and and they could you know they can make deals in the minor leagues. They can find guys from the independent leagues. You can just find a guy that's throwing 98, even if he's a little wild, and and throw him in there, whether it's as a starter or a reliever. Uh, yeah, so there's always options, whether or not they're good ones. That's up for debate. But I think, like you mentioned before, they already have so much depth with their pitching. They they might just as soon you know call up a guy or two from the minors and let the, and roll with them, provided you're talking about like middle of the season or you know three quarters of the way through if you're not like quite in the pennant race yet, and they feel like they're just trying to eat up some innings. Yeah, they might just go with the young guy for a little bit. Last thing uh, for you before we uh, before we get you out of here is we're still a couple weeks out from the start of the season. It, what what are you looking at on a day by day basis? If if you don't get a chance to watch or listen to a game and you're just bringing up the box score, what are the storylines that are especially intriguing to you here in the couple weeks that we have before uh, the actual regular season will get started? Yeah, that's a good question because I mean, as people hear all the time, spring training stats don't matter. Matter who wins and loses doesn't matter, and that's definitely true. Um, you definitely would rather see guys hitting well and pitching well. I mean, it, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it's better than seeing someone hitting a buck thirty or whatever. I think one of the big things for me is Keston Hira, uh, as far as being intriguing this year. I, there's a part of me that, that personally really likes him. Uh, you know, rooting for the guy because of you know, obviously with his mom and and uh, having to go through some of that last year and, and her dealing with cancer. Uh, my younger son also loves Keston here. So, uh, again, personal side, I'd love to see him succeed. And I don't think that talent just goes away. You know, he's had struggles making contact, and maybe, again, the mental toll of everything he's gone through personally impacted him last year. So I, I think that's a big storyline, especially because they could use a, a power right-handed bat to play some first base, uh, to be to be honest, or to DH some here and there. And then the other thing is is how the, you know, I think as always, every year it's concerning is how the bullpen shakes out and how council and everybody wants to use their rotation. And I think there there's talk of them using a six-man rotation again, maybe to start the season. So you assume it would be Ashby as that sixth guy. Uh, but then you have probably a, a two spots at the back of the, or at the, I guess the front of the bullpen where you're trying to figure out, okay, which pitchers fill this role? You know, is it is it one of the veterans like a Rex Brothers that they that they brought in as a non-roster invitee? Is it some couple of the young guys that you've seen over the last couple of years like a Perdomo? Does he take one of those spots? Um, so I think that those are the kind of the couple of areas that I'd be watching and just paying attention to as far as how often they're being used and and what what counsel or what other uh, you know coaches might say about what they're seeing from these guys. So that that tells you a whole lot more than. Than what the results are. If you hear a coach or a manager speaking really highly of a guy, uh, that, that tells me it's more likely he'll get a shot. And some guys might get a shot that wouldn't have otherwise because I, I think they're still talking about allowing uh, maybe having the roster a couple of, a couple of players more on the roster uh, to start the season with the shortened spring training. So if that happens, uh, then I, I think those guys get a shot and maybe they get a couple week trial essentially with the big big club. So 
I think those are the two areas I'm really looking at as far as uh, what the Brewers need to figure out. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world to go with a couple extra guys to start the season. You don't want anybody getting hurt because spring training was shortened this year. I don't understand. I know it's going to cost Major League teams a little bit more money because you're going to have a few more guys on a Major League uh, contract, but that that small amount of money to me absolutely is worth it. All right, Tim, you enjoyed Tim, we mentioned this uh, before uh, when we first got started with you, but uh, you're part of um, uh, kind of a new endeavor, a new slash old endeavor. Uh, Brewerfan.net is transforming, and we're big fans of Brewerfan.net here on the podcast. Uh, Jim Goulart is a is a normal uh, guest here, and a, or a frequent guest. He is normal as well, but he's a frequent uh, <laughs> guest. And now uh, they're putting together uh, quite the team, uh, providing more and more content, and you're one of the folks that are going to be uh, doing things. So give a little plug for uh, the brand new, uh, yeah, I'll say brand new, it's kind of a converted site, but the, the brand right. new site for Brewers fans to uh, definitely uh, consume even more information. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Like you mentioned, it's uh, formerly BrewerFan.net, and it's transferred over to BrewerFanatic.com. And for those who don't know, BrewerFan.net, it's been around forever. And really before Twitter, that was the place to go and and vent during games because there's a lot of venting uh, in the past with Brewers teams, of course. Um, And just it's a great place that a lot of fans go to share uh, just thoughts and experiences. And as far as the Brewers and things, they're a bit more off topic, which is always fun. Um, So, yeah, as you said, it's sort of transferring over to almost like a dual site. So you'll still have the forums up there. You'll have some blogs up there. But then myself and a number of other writers, and I'm sure people who listen to this uh, will know and recognize, um, will be writing there as well, putting some articles up there. Uh, Quite a few, actually, hopefully each week. Uh, that you'll see. And uh, again, BrewerFanatic.com, and it's going to be a really fun experience for not only us writers, but also the fans of, of Brewers Baseball and BrewerFan.net, depending on how far back they go. So I appreciate uh, appreciate you letting me plug that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to uh, everything, and more information and more kind of thoughtful content is always a very, very good thing. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore M-U-M-A. Read him at BrewerFanatic. Tim, thanks so much for the time. Look forward to doing this again real soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot, Matt. Tim Yuma joining us here on Brewers X Journeys, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. And that's just about going to do it for uh, the podcast this week. Uh, Brewers continue Cactus League play throughout the course uh, of the week. And uh, it's uh, it's fun just to have baseball back. After everything that we went through over the course of the offseason with the lockout, it is good just to have baseball back again. Uh, They're going to play every uh, day this week, Monday through Saturday, before they take their first off day coming up next Sunday. Uh, They'll play uh, Giants, White Sox, Reds, Diamondbacks, A's, Mariners, uh, Monday through Saturday. A number of the games uh, will be heard on uh, WTMJ. Occasionally, there's going to be a game that you can be heard on uh, 94.5 ESPN as well, uh, as they've got a few exclusive broadcasts as well and uh, all that information available for, available for you at WTMJ.com. All right, again, uh, appreciation going out to uh, Tim Muma for uh, joining us. Thanks to you for being tuned in. We'll talk to you next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.